0: I can at least bear you in a wave of little stabby green guys.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Dice Like Ice podcast. I'm your host, Tony Acton, and with me, as always, the razor to my T-bone, Andrew Mitchell.
0: Hey, uh, this is Andrew talking from the nerd pod, or nerd closet, Uh, the podcast (laughs) closet. I'm not sure what to call it yet. I'm in a closet. I'm surrounded by T-shirts.
1: Could be worse things to be surrounded by.
0: Yep. And as always, uh, until we get an actual sponsor, this podcast is sponsored by Grip. And, oh, it's slipping. Hang on. Oh. Ah and rip
1: what are you drinking today andrew oh
0: tonight we have a southern tier brewing company 2x stout it's a double milk stout um it's actually only a 7.5 percent alcohol so uh i'm not going to be quite as silly as during our uh our favorite characters discussion we had last week that one was a 10 percenter that or an 11 percenter and that, i was feeling a little funky by the end
1: yeah i am going with a scofflaw brewing company Pog Basement IPA. It is passion fruit, orange, and guava, so that ought to be interesting. Also, a 7.5, so a little lighter fare today.
0: How uh, delightfully summer-sounding.
1: Yeah, well, it is like 200 degrees outside and a hurricane, so there's that. Yeah,
0: yeah, for those of you uh, who may or may not be able to listen from the Gulf Coast in the coming weeks, depending on your level of power, uh, fucking be safe, my dudes.
1: Yeah, seriously, it's, um, it's pretty bad out there in New Orleans, but you know a lot of people without power but not a lot of not a lot of bodies right now so at least that's good it seems like most people heeded the word of advice to evacuate and hopefully should be back on track in a couple of weeks
0: yep yep we mostly just have to worry about the week or so after the hurricane because that's when when it was bad with katrina because that's when all the levees broken all the horrible infrastructure fell apart so fingers crossed that they have uh, beefed it up well enough after katrina
1: Alright, now that we're a little bit into that, we're going to get a little back on track here. We're going to go into hobby progress. Andrew, what you working on?
0: Hobby progress. Okay, uh, i got a pretty good bit done this week. So, uh, continuing my grots that I had last week, I'm still working on 60 grots for my Gloom Spike kits, uh, which we have found in the latest FAQ, according to Goonhammer, uh, are the worst <laughs> army in Age of Sigmar, so boy, do I know how to pick them.
1: But they're uh, the second most fun behind Skaven.
0: I love my gits so much. I I have no plans on ever selling them because they're perfect oh, yeah. for Dungeons & Dragons, even if they're always garbage or if the game starts to be crap in Age of Sigmar 4.0. Um, but <laughs> they're I've fun, got... though.
1: The, the fun is the important bit. Exactly.
0: They're super fun. And with this, this puts me up to 100 foot slogging grots, so I, I can at least bear you in a wave of little stabby green guys. But um, I'm, I'm most of the way done with them now. I'd say about 80%. Uh, I just pretty much have to do a couple of washes and a couple of highlights and they're done because I don't go crazy in depth with the detail on just basic infantry for most of my armies. Um, so that's getting progress. Uh, over the weekend, I finished building my Stompa, which, oh boy, that was a <laughs> heinous process. Oh my god. Just so many little bits and... The instructions are so bad. They're so 2009, or whenever it was released. Uh, The the sprue has numbers on it, but the instructions don't have numbers on it. So you you just kind of have to hold up the cable and go, I think this is the one that the instruction manual is saying to use. But good thing is, it's an orc vehicle. So as long as it mostly looks coherent, who gives a shit? It's orcs. Uh, Exactly. I also... Literally the hour I finished my Stompa, I got a knock on my door, and hey, the morkanot I ordered arrived.
1: So I don't know you got a morkanot too.
0: Oh baby, do I? And so I you built. Got the, daddy
1: and his son.
0: I built the morkanot right after, and uh, it took an hour and a half as opposed to six hours. Granted, it's about a quarter of the size of the Stompa, but the instructions much more clear. Um, so that was fun. Um, I did, I did build the Morkonaut version, so that way I have the custom force field, because they changed the rules in the new codex where um, mm. your unit doesn't have to be wholly within six inches, it just has to be within six inches to get the custom force field. That so scares the hell out of me. Makes it so much more useful, because no Orc footslaga army was ever going to have units small enough to fit wholly within six inches of a fucking Morkonaut, that was the dumbest thing. Either way, I built that guy. Uh, (laughs) And then like two days later, hey, my kill team box arrived. (laughs) (laughs) And so I built all of the new orc terrain, which is beautiful and actually didn't take very long because most of even the larger pieces really only had like four bits and they all slotted together super easily. Um, And uh, the fun thing I didn't realize until later on is you could actually uh, arrange them to where they kind of make their own little like fortress building they all, they all kind of slot together perfectly where if you wanted to make it just one big thing you could so that was really cool. cool i did build the orc commandos which are fantastic models those are beautiful, beautiful models so fun so much character i love just like the goofy mix of various like like uh, 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 special forces and commando inspirations that were behind them because you got you like uh, uh, the the grot that's in a, uh, he's got a, like a wetsuit and he's got his flippers <laughs> on his backpack and then you have the one orc who's also doing the same thing he doesn't have flippers I guess he just punches the ground when he swims underneath the water who knows uh, um, you have like uh military flat cap guy with the power claw that we saw in that really cool trailer they released for it. Oh yeah it.
1: orc Carl Weathers
0: yeah yeah <laughs> I guess he got his orm- arm blown off by uh, <laughs> I don't know, what would be the Predator equivalent in 40k?
1: A Lictor? No, I guess Yeah, the Lictor would be more the Xenomorph. What would be? (laughs) A Tau Pathfinder? (laughs) Honestly, yeah, that's probably the closest. I mean, it's got the weird swoopy head, that's the best I got
0: and it's got the laser technology and all that or plasma, yeah. whatever, either way. So yeah, or Carl Weathers, there's one guy who's got like some kind of weird electrical gun that is essentially, it's just a shoot up, but it's got like a, a copper coil on the end of it. And he's got like two power cables going to it from his backpack. Um, and they all came with, uh, tons of bits. If you wanted to, you really, you could just make the entire kit, just the commando knob and just, uh, nine commandos with just shooters and stabbers. So if you wanted to just have that like bog standard commando list, you could, I did not build it like that. I went wacky and I got all the crazy guns. Um, like the the burner on the kit is amazing because if you look close mm-hmm. on his arm, a he's got an oven mitt on his hand, which is yeah. amazing, and b like his left arm is all scarred up from where he's obviously just been burned time and time again doing his job. A um, lot of cool head options, so you get like you know your basic snarling orc. But I I my idea behind it was I uh, went with all the gas mask options if I could. Uh, except for the knob, because I did initially put the gas mask on them, and then I was like, nah, this is bad. I popped that off and put the, the flat cap head on. That's, it was a lot better. Um, so yeah, great great kit. I haven't built the Kriegers yet. I'm not sure if I'm going to build the Kriegers. I I like the models a lot. I may end up selling them on eBay, because people are you know, <laughs> absolutely boosting the prices to ridiculous proportions yeah. I, I saw the kit was going for like 80 bucks or something and that's just bullshit i'd probably sell ridiculous. it for like ridiculous f- i'd sell it for like 50 probably what gw would would sell it for anyway so if i do sell it expect one reasonable Krieg kit out there that'll probably sell immediately um uh, did i build anything else i don't think i did i primed everything i started painting um the stompa is now very blue in line with my death skulls <laughs> Uh, the commandos, I actually tried my first contrast paint on. I haven't used a single contrast paint until last night. I, it was Warp Lightning Green, I think it's called.
1: Oh, that's um, a great one.
0: it was perfect for orc skin, because the way I normally do it, I do, uh, Warp Stone Glow, I think it's called, and then I wash it with tan Green, and then I go back over it with one layer of Warp Stone Glow, like, higher up, like, thick, chunky edge, light, head, uh, edge highlights. And then on top of that, I'll do, um moot green because i like my orcs very green uh, yeah very very like warcraft 2 kind of green um but this yeah like that color is perfect it legitimately is the equivalent of the warpstone glow and the built green wash in one so it just completely skips a step which is yeah. i guess the entire purpose of the contrast so hey i'm i'm sold at least a little bit i i may end up getting some for their pants but uh the way i paint my deaf skulls is they're pretty much the only unifying color scheme is like their armor plates. So I'm just, you know, I'm just having kind of a mishmash of colors on them. So we'll see if I end up getting more contrasts. Maybe, maybe not. But well, at least the
1: contrast. They're just, they're another tool in the toolbox.
0: Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to like completely throw out all my yeah. paints for these. Um, yeah, but... they're a
1: great, great alternative to a lot of the washes and stuff. Yeah. You can thin them down. You can do multiple coats over them. You can, uh, you can get some really cool effects going over metallics with them like they're they're a lot more than GW just advertised and was like hey one thick coat it their
0: advertising campaign was horrible for them it made, because they made it sound like oh you only need two paints and you've you've got a perfectly painted army no. well
1: in, in all fairness to get not necessarily you know good tabletop standard but to get. There are three-color minimum, where it looks decent, where it looks better than gray plastic on a table. I mean, you hit it with that, you hit it with a dry brush, and there's there's three colors. It gives it depth.
0: I would say that, yes, it is it is the perfect tool for either uh, lazy hobbyists who have been in a hobby for a long time and want to skip a couple of steps. Or steps, people slip. who paint
1: 100 skaven in one sitting.
0: Yeah, yeah, so you and me. Or... Um, <laughs> Completely new people like this. This would be a good way to to dip your toes into the painting pool without having to like feel like you're fully committing and you know buying a hundred dollars worth of paint. You could just get a. I I use Krylon primer. It was just the the basic flat gray primer. Uh, it was like four dollars at Lowe's. Um, or probably about the same wherever your local hobby shops are, whoever's listening, or the uh, uh, hardware stores, rather.
1: But did you just call Lowe's a hobby shop? I guess it depends on your hobby. I mean, Marketing's some people, some people like to build decks
0: instead of play Warham, you know.
1: <laughs> Not with wood well, prices the way they are right now, they don't. Seriously.
0: Uh, maybe in a year or two. Yeah, um, yeah so, you know, you pick up your, your can of primer for 4 or $5 and, you know, slap two or three contrasts on there, and you don't look terrible on the tabletop. Mm-hmm. It's better than
1: the gray plastic I've been playing with all week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I didn't have any issues with the Krylon primer, actually, um, because you told me and I'd heard online that some primers make it where the the contrast doesn't really flow very well, but I I really didn't have any issues with that one. I'll... uh, I can look up exactly which Krylon I used for future reference, but I think it was just like the basic flat gray primer. Um, and I think a lot of it too is making sure you spray during like the proper temperature, or the mm-hmm. proper humidity. Because I did it when it was like 50% humidity, which was on the upper edge of acceptable, but it yeah. came out perfect.
1: It was fine. Yeah, don't get like the really satin finish ones. I think that was my mistake. Those are terrible, it had like a yeah. satin, a satin gray, and nothing sticks to it. It's the weirdest primer I've ever used. Contrasts roll off, oils roll off. Yeah, I. Uh, Always Unless I go back over it with a base paint, it just rolls right off. It, it always, blew my mind.
0: Always try and make sure to get a, a, a matte finish, because I feel like the paint sticks to it better if you do that, in, in my experience.
1: Well, Contrasts are meant to go over a more glossy finish. Are they? Yeah, yeah hmm. so they run into the recesses, so it doesn't get that weird bubbling everywhere and that tea staining effect. The smoother the coat, on, like if you uh, if you hard coat something and then hit it with that, it'll run all the way off of it interesting yeah it's like a really really thin oil it's they're they're like i said it's one of those things once you kind of play around with them a little bit and kind of learn how they act you can do some really cool stuff will has some fantastic stuff he's one of the guys in our gaming group another fantastic painter but uh he, he uses some contrast paints on stuff for not just using it as a contrast paint and it looks great hmm. but it's like that. any other tool in your toolbox once you know it's got its basic thing but once you know how to use it other ways it's fantastic
0: yeah, I'll have to check out his style, because I haven't actually seen many of his minis yet. Um, but once I actually feel like playing 40k at the shop, I'll probably see his orcs, because he's also a fellow orc player, Greenskins mm-hmm. for Life. So, uh, yeah, uh, that'll be fun. I'm, I'm tentatively excited to step into the world of contrasts. Go for it, man. Uh, and I think that's pretty much all I've gotten done this week.
1: Uh, so, Tony, w- what have you had? Uh, well, not nearly as much as you. Uh, life has been life this week where it's been really busy. So I've been kind of stuck in with that. But so far this week, I have built a warp lightning cannon for my Skaven, which that was actually a really fun kit to build. It's really cool. A lot of little gizmos and bobs and levers and things on it that are fun. Is that the one that um, came
0: with the, the rat that has a wheel instead of back legs?
1: No, no, that came with thankful. I love that rat. I've been collecting all the tiny rats because apparently Skaven give you rats like Nurgle things give you Nurglings. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do with them yet, but there's a one with a tiny little wheel as back legs and it's perfect, fantastic.
0: Perfect for adding that little extra detail on bases. Exactly. Especially, especially like big complicated bases like I like mm-hmm. to
1: do. And then uh, you've got, when I was showing you that Warp Lightning kit before, you remember how I was showing you how sometimes it was tall and sometimes it was short and I I couldn't figure out why. Yeah, Turns out the kit shows you how to build it both ways for yeah. whichever way you like the look. So I want the more squat style. Because, you know, uh, in, in my head canon, all my stuff works for Clan Eshin. Because, you know, ninjas. So I, I that's why all my colors are a lot more muted than a lot of Skaven armies you'll see. And like I like the lower profile things. Leaders have cloaks on them, stuff like that. That way it kind of fits with my theme for when hopefully Skaven get a book and Eshin aren't just a really sad afterthought they put into it
0: yeah it's kind of uh, unfortunately it's always pretty much felt like that with skaven in general too because they they talk about eshin and how they're fun especially in the lore but like mm-hmm. on tabletop they tend to focus on like molder scryer or, uh, yeah the other one whose name i'm currently forgetting because i'm not a skaven player
1: pestilence yeah pestilence okay yeah. it was like verminous master clan there's a couple
0: yeah but like the, there's like four or five big ones
1: yeah yeah the the four main clans are malder Scryer, Eshun, and Pestilence, and there's um, uh, Clan Verminus, which is just like your basic rats, and then there's Master Clan, which are your Grey seers
0: Yeah, they're they're at, that's more like a class kind of thing than like a, yeah. a clan kind of thing, though.
1: Exactly, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I built uh, built up the warp lightning cannon, and then I built a rattling gun because I needed a little bit more to get free shipping from the site, and it was fifteen bucks. <laughs> and by built a rattling gun, I mean I clipped the metal tab off of it and glued it to a base because hey. it's a metal model, and I love it.
0: Just just one solid junk.
1: Well, it's it's two rats that hook together, and then it's ah. just yeah, it's just a metal brick. It takes four magnets to hold it down in the freaking case. It's so heavy. God. Yeah. yeah, I could kill a man with it if I really need to.
0: Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, the time with old metal models, when you if, when you'd get into an argument and then there was a chance that actual bloodshed might happen.
1: Oh, yeah. And then, uh, other than the hobby progress-wise, ro- I got my air compressor in again <laughs> uh, yesterday, so I got that all hooked up and got my brushes rerun on my hobby desk. Kind of got that a little organized because it was getting a bit out of hand with just random stuff floating around, so... Got a couple of days off next week, and I'm just going to drop my headphones on and go prime happy, and my goal is to have the other 60 clan rats I ha- I need painted in two sittings. That is my goal, because I'm a crazy person. It's, it's a
0: hefty goal, but uh,
1: you've done it before. I've done it before, because what I want to do is I want to get all these done. You know, I primarily use contrast on the rats because in a horde, contrast works great, uh, yeah, by, then, by all
0: means, if you have horde armies, mm-hmm. skip a oh, lot yeah. of steps. Do, do, what, do what keeps you sane.
1: Yeah, I, I hit all their different stuff with a couple of uh, contrasts, and then depending on how I feel, uh, usually I'll bring them back up with a lighter brown or a lighter gray dry brush. And then do a really light agrax across them all to kind of bring it back down, but to give a little bit of variation on them. Just Mm -hmm. kind of like agrax a couple, normal a couple, dry brush different colors on some of them. So it doesn't look like I had 8,000 of the same rat floating around. Right, yeah. But because I I think it looks good on a table. you
0: have a horde that big, there's going Mm -hmm. to be variation. If you're going for a modicum of realism with your 5 foot tall rat people.
1: Yeah, and I wanna I wanna really kind of focus on my big centerpiece models in that army, which are uh, what it's gonna be warp lo- or a warlock, an arch warlock, Thankful, and then the um, warp lightning cannon. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna really focus on those things and make them kind of stand out a little bit more because the rats are supposed to be a faceless horde almost. So we're gonna do yeah
0: that. yeah. You pretty much have your like three big heroes who lead everything, and then everybody else is just disposable chaff. Yeah, pretty much. As is the Skaven Way. As is. Well, cool. (laughs) Um, I guess that's a good uh, lead into games played, Tony. Uh, Why don't you tell us your one game played this week?
1: Yeah, I had uh, one game, and believe it or not, I played against Andrew.
0: Hey.
1: Yeah. Uh, So we are, you know, still prepping for the tournament in New Orleans, so I think I've finally got my list hammered out, so I ran my hopefully tournament set Skaven list against uh, his uh, Giants and Gargant list and... Sweet Jesus, those things just remove squads at a time.
0: Yeah, so I was initially <laughs> going to do Gloom Spike Gits, which are my Age of Sigmar love. They are what got me into Sigmar. But mm-hmm. seeing them being the literal bottom tier of all armies in Age of Sigmar, uh, it kind of bummed me out a bit. So I'm like, well, I do have another army. And hey, they tend to be around top three. Sons of Bayamot, it is. Exactly. is. <laughs> I've painted the army. I've played with them relatively little. This is only like the third game I've actually played with them. Uh, so I thought I'll, I'll, I'll slam some hams in New Orleans with them and see how they do.
1: Yeah. And it's a, it's a pretty scary list. Uh, I got lucky cause Andrew made one critical mistake was, and decided, yeah, it was, it was a huge mistake.
0: Hands down. One of the most brain dead moves I've had. So, yeah. uh, my army was, uh, war stomper mega gargant, a kraken eater, mega gargant, two man crushers and Kragnos, the living earthquake. I haven't, I haven't actually played him on the table until this game. And he is, Uh, he's pretty scary he's 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 a mixed bag i found like he has an amazing armor save but no invuln and no feel no pain and relatively yeah. low wounds for how expensive that model is to field and he's what 18 uh, uh, yeah 18 wounds two up armor There's save still a lot of wounds yeah i know and don't get me wrong if you use him right he is a brick house of pain like he can legitimately pump out upwards of 30 plus wounds in a turn oh if yeah you, if you place him well but uh yeah I, I I'll tweak the list a bit it's, it's down between him and a gate crusher gargant I haven't quite decided which one i want yet but i it mostly depends on if i want a two drop army or a three drop army so you know we'll see
1: yeah. yeah that game uh it should have been a lot closer than it was when andrew charged his mega gargant at my <laughs> uh in my storm fiends i rolled really well on the unleash hell and almost killed it there it had what 11 wounds left uh, something think like that 14 but 14, 14, yeah not much like not I enough. 35 yeah yeah i, I got uh, real lucky with my rattling guns on them and, and then, then uh, I, Andrew activated I, first and activated Kragnos. I was to... so
0: excited to finally use <laughs> Kragnos that I used him to just completely mulch a unit of gutter runners. They were just gone. And you know what?
1: You took that objective, though. And in I all did. fairness, that was the ob- one of the objectives that you had to take for your battle tactic.
0: You're, you're not wrong. It wasn't the worst tactical blunder. <laughs> it was just still really bad because then it was like, oh, I charged in this mega gargant who had over half of his life completely evaporated by these storm fiends. Now I'm going to attack with the other guys. Guy who's in literally no danger and then tony's like huh okay and then just proceeds to delete my war stomper so literally my war stomper my 480 point war stomper i think he caused yeah. seven mortal wounds because he charged in and got mm. his mortal wounds from that and then he died and fell on them for a few more mortal wounds. yes
1: he still killed so one of the storm fiends
0: he did kill one which promptly came back yeah
1: I got I got lucky on a rally roll.
0: It was a it was a very bad mistake on my part. Uh yeah. but I do think you probably still would have won that one because your warp warp lightning cannon that you proxied Holy was crap. doing fucking work for being such what? a swingy model.
1: It did ten mortals on Kragnos in the first shot without hurting itself at all. Something and like then, that, yeah. And then did what, like, I think it did nine on the second and exploded itself. but And but then rolling, it, it, it rolling max job. damage on the Doom Rocket and you rolling a one on a save was also pretty lucky.
0: Yeah. No, at that point, he deleted my War Stomper. He deleted Kragnost. And I was like, huh, most yeah, of was... his army is still here. I guess yeah. I'll concede. Because <laughs> that's the problem with Sons of bayamot They're big. They have a lot of, lot of wounds. But once you lose, like, half the army, you mm. don't have much going on.
1: Yeah. So. And the, my army was really swingy, and I rolled hot.
0: No, you did. And, and, and you know, it was it was one of those things where I felt like I was giving off some shitty energy at the end, but it was 100% my fault. I It was just a tactical blunder on my part.
1: It happens. But yeah. then your dice went red hot in your next game. Tell us about your next game, Andrew. Oh, boy. Then
0: our buddy Ben, who we've mentioned a few times, uh, showed up with his Flesh Eater Quartz army, um, which is uh, usually a pretty solid army. It's a like, pretty solid one. Like, you deleted them last time because you had Thanquil, who has some fucky rules. Yeah. Uh, If you want to describe those to the viewers who don't know.
1: Yeah, so uh, Thanquil has these things called um, warp fire cannons. He's got four of them. And when he makes his range attack, it only has eight inches. You measure however models are in the unit within eight inches of him. And you roll one die for each of the warp fire throwers he has. So four. So for every model within eight inches of that unit... Like, in this case, it was ghouls. Ben's 20 map block of ghouls, I got right up there. Um, I I got to roll 80 dice, and for every four-up was a mortal wound. And you can only absorb so much on six-up feel-no-pains before you just get deleted.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, I did pretty much just as much damage to him. So, took the same list. Cracknose, War Stomper, Kraken Eater, two-man crushers. Um, Oh, gosh. Tight, what was it called? I'm trying to think of the the battle type we played. It was a uh, t-
1: oh, uh, te- tectonic activity. Tectonic something or, or another.
0: Yeah, so essentially there were three objectives in the middle, and you would roll a d3 at the beginning of each round, and it would decide which which objective was worth more, essentially. Nothing, nothing super mm-hmm. crazy as far as uh, game types go, just alternating points for bonuses. Um, and so he took... Let's see if I can remember. He took two units of 20 ghouls. He took a unit of crypt horrors. He took whatever that really cool new nosferatu looking vampire is oh um, uh
1: arch regent i think it is or that something
0: sounds like that. right
1: and He took that with the
0: charnel throne and just kept him on that the whole time um yeah. he took crypt flares i believe for the big bat mm-hmm. guys uh yeah i think there's the flying ones did some fucking work as well yeah they uh, but he also took a ghoul on a zombie dragon no the other one the Terrorgeist? Something like that.
1: Oh uh, yeah, Terror Geist. Because the Terror Geist has the bravery scream. The right. The zombie that was dragon it. just has a normal breath weapon that's that is better against giants but it's not as good against hordes right it's kind of the so, same thing thankful suffers from because thankful was would have been utterly useless in our game he would have been yeah. punching you with his fists
0: oh yeah exactly it, 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 I, again with a couple of different roles and a couple of not stupid choices that game could have gone very differently mm-hmm. but anyway uh so playing against the the flesh eater courts i i got lucky i got the first roll. um or no no i didn't ben got the first roll, but uh, he just didn't have anything he could do, because Age of Sigmar tends to, uh, you either have to have an entirely shooty army or no shooty army, so he didn't have any shooting against me, he wasn't close enough to really charge me, so he just kind of went up and grabbed objectives, Was so like, alright, he's got five victory points right off the bat, cool, cool, cool. Uh, my ten-inch movement on my giants got them up in his grill yeah. immediately, and my war stomper went up to his terror guys and was like, hey, bud, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um... With the new 3rd edition rules, there's all these monster special rules, which the, the Sons of Bayamod army is entirely monsters. Uh, so I got one, uh, Titanic Duel, I think it's called, where if a monster mm-hmm. is fighting a monster, you can get plus one to your hits, which is really yeah. good, considering most of uh, Mega Gargant's attacks are hitting on threes, typically. So I was able to Death Grip him, which is a D6 Mortal Wounds right off the bat. I got the Charge Mortal Wounds. Um He also had a unit of his ghouls right beside the Terrorgeist, so with the War Stomper specifically, he has a thing where he gets more attacks the more units, or the more models are around him because he's the Horde Killer, so I had 21, no, yeah, 21 attacks that I could do, and so I just put all of those into the Terrorgeist, and so in one round of combat, I did something like 15 more wounds than I actually needed to to kill that guy, so that was like 400 points of his army just off the battlefield immediately. And it was one of those ones where I could just kind of see him immediately get crestfallen, and I'm like, sorry, dude, this is my tournament list. I'm taking it to be shitty. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I understand. It's just, whew. Because this was the first time he played against Sons of Bayamot, so he just didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Uh, Kragnos was still on that list, so I charged him right up the middle, because I was going for his charnel throw Oh, I forgot as well. Uh, the first round, he summoned chalice of blood is that what it's called Uh, i
1: think that's it the thing that allows him to get his guys back when they die around it
0: yeah so that was the whole shtick behind his list was disposable hordes that constantly come back however uh, my (laughs) kraken eater
1: when that works it works and it sucks to fight against
0: oh i'm sure but my kraken eater mega gargant i took the arcane tome which is one of their basic relic uh, (laughs) artifacts that they can take which just makes him a shit wizard he can cast arcane bolt he can cast mystic shield and he can dispel once he was able to dispel the endless spell before it became an issue. Cause it's only like a casting value of six or something. And I rolled a seven and it's like, well, yeah. okay, your, your, your chalice is now gone. My, my mega garget has done his job. Yeah. That was, <laughs> and so, that was a
1: relic. Well worth it. Yeah.
0: hundred uh, percent. And just the way I did my battalions, I got two. So I also had a, the amulet of destiny on my war stomper. So five up invuln save on top of his moderately decent four up armor save. Um, Plus thirty five wounds you have to chew through. So,
1: eh, long story short, one day short, I will take a different relic than the cocaine dust. Cocaine dust does work though. It's just so good.
0: Oh, was it warp
1: dust? Is that what it's called? Um, a uh, vigor dust injector. That's it. It's a great wow. name too.
0: But yeah, so, uh, long story short, Kraken Eater killed a lot of um, Crypt Flayers, which came very close to killing him. They got him down to two Mm -hmm. wounds before Ben just conceded, because there was no chance he was going to come back. Kragnos just deleted the unit of Crypt Ghouls. They were just, or Crypt, crypt, the Large Ghouls, I forget what they're called. Uh, It just deleted them, no chance. Uh, Killed... I think the entire unit of 20 ghouls in one of his with one of his three weapons because he gets his mace. He can shield bash like Captain America and he gets a hoof attack because he's got a bunch of legs. Uh, And so he just completely took the middle. And it was one of those. He also has a bellow of rage. So the more hurt he gets, he just gets he just shouts real loud and stuff breaks and it can destroy terrain. So I was going to destroy his charnel throne by shouting at it at the rate he was going. (laughs) So yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting game. I uh, I, I, I learned a lot. Um, still debating if I want to take Kragnos to New Orleans, but uh, you know, if I don't, that's it was still fun to
1: actually field him for once. Well, what if you if you don't take him, you can get what another Mega Gargant and like a couple more of the small ones.
0: Uh, I should have just enough points for the gate uh, the great the Gate Smasher and the or sorry Gate Breaker <laughs> Gate Breaker yeah. Mega Gargant and maybe one more Man Crusher, but I. Th- Think I might be like fifty points short. I'm not mm. sure. I'll have to. I'll have to twiddle, twiddle, yeah. twiddle, tweak, it. It. tweak it. Yeah, tweak it. Yeah. My <laughs> brain wanted to Words. say twiddle, and I was like, twiddle's <laughs> not the right word. So yeah. But anyway, um, so that was fun. And then uh, the day before, actually, I played my first 40k game in a long time against a different friend named Will, not the one we were talking about previously with contrast paints. He took his Necrons.
1: I have a game with our Will on tabletop simulator tomorrow.
0: <laughs> hey, fun. Uh, so we all took his Necrons, which uh, apparently have gone down the totem pole pretty quickly in terms of power now that more and more yeah. codexes are coming out. Uh, I mostly proxied a list of orcs because I wanted to try out a lot of the new Squig Riders. Um, that, they were pretty good. I also wanted to get my Stompa on the table because I spent six goddamn hours building them. <laughs> By God, I was going to put them on the table as soon as I could. <laughs> um, and long story short, Necrons died horribly. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, well, Wraith army.
0: Yeah, Will loves his wraiths, uh, which are really cool models uh, who have not had good rules for a long time. They really got boned by 8th and 9th edition, Uh, so he wasted, like, 450 points of his army on these really ineffectual models. Did did not a damn thing the entire game.
1: Uh, That's Um, not true. They looked cool.
0: That is very true. Aesthetically, his <laughs> yes. army might have won because I was using proxies. Um, but he did the, the standard stuff. He took a couple of units, a couple of big bricks of Necron Warriors, a couple of Cryptex to bring him back. Uh, he took two Overlords. He took uh, one of them on a command barge. Took a bunch of Immortals. Just like kind of an overall basic Necron army. Um, I did a brick of 30 boys, 20 Beast snaga boys, 2 units of 10. Uh, the Stompa... Two, uh, a unit of five squig hog riders, one knob on squig, and then I tried two of the uh, new war bosses or Beastmasters, masters, or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. on Squigosaurs. Holy shit, those guys <laughs> just devastate. They are incredible at killing just anything. Just like HQ choices, troop choices, elites doesn't matter. They kill it. It's, oh man, my warlord was just just he like huh. A unit of twenty warriors, notorious for just always getting back up. Cool. Two turns later, they're all gone. Yeah. It was it was brutal. So it was it was one of those ones where we got to round three, and it's like, uh, do you want to keep playing? And this is not even talking about my Stompa, who, because of new orc rules with uh, their dacker rules and stuff, was just just mm-hmm. delete a unit, delete a unit, <laughs> delete a unit, and it's just kind of like, nah, I'm cool. So we're we're probably gonna play again in the relative near future, and he's probably not gonna take wraiths because of it yeah I also won't take my stompa because it's a little bullshit, but I, I just really wanted to field it.
1: Yeah if he takes the uh the Silent King void dragon combo, he shouldn't have a problem just walking through orcs.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, he doesn't have those models yet, but, you know, it's for ah. the game. I'm, I'm cool with him proxying it. So
1: You say that as the guy who proxied most of his army last game? Yeah, exactly.
0: Like you <laughs> know, we, we, we do not play competitively. We just have fun lists. So Yeah, for ah, sure. So uh, that's my games played. It was three games in a weekend, which is way more than I've been doing lately.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's not bad at all, man.
0: Yeah, my, my feet hurt.
1: <laughs> well, I got some bad news. We got five in a weekend coming up.
0: Yeah, I'm going to get some of those... Uh, Extra cushy foam inserts, maybe.
1: Uh, just get you the weird pants to have the stool built into them, you know.
0: And, and Crocs. Just, yeah. Yeah. And cr-
1: don't wear Crocs. I will yep. fucking leave you in New Orleans.
0: What if I paint them to look like Space Marine helmets?
1: Squigs. If you paint them to look like squigs, <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> My Squig Crocs. Right.
0: Ah, uh, perfect. Yeah. We'll call <laughs> My, you the Squig Hopper. The only the only time I would be caught dead in something that stupid.
1: <laughs> I might even wear
0: Squig Crocs, and I don't even play orcs. Uh. I, I, I joke, I did just buy an Edging Enthusiast shirt from the 40k Badcast merch store, so uh, nice. I will I will be at least a little embarrassing during the tournament.
1: Oh, good. I would have it no other way with you, Andrew. It's okay, oh. we'll embarrass Ben. He's like our dad.
0: <laughs> he kind of is the group <laughs> dad. He's the oldest He's, out of us, and he, he, he realizes is. it
1: more and more the more we hang out. Oh, yeah. When, uh, when we were talking the other day, and he realized he was closer to uh, Minot Will's parents' age than he was to at Will's.
0: It's Which like, dude, we're the cause... next
1: oldest in the group behind you in our mid thirties.
0: No, yeah, it's just funny because he's he's just kind of one of the guys when we hang out. Yeah. I mean, there's no obvious like age difference other than, he, you know, he's bald, but so are almost all of us in the group. Yeah, so, yeah. I know. I'm
1: I'm still trying to fight a good fight on that one, so ah, just shave it. You feel more. I bad. know, I know. Everyone <laughs> said I'm I'm just I'm just gonna do it. How about this? If I go positive at the tournament, I will come back bald.
0: Fair enough. Deal. You Fair heard it there. here. That'll it be is on first. record
1: crusade unless i edit error. it out
0: <laughs> yeah, you have the power of editing i
1: do have the power of editing it out i also you're just gonna too, take though. it and just clip that bit and just hang on to it
0: so we have this we share the same google drive i can just make That's my own true. counter podcast That's and true. upload it it'll be the same podcast but it'll have that little bit in
1: call it ice like dice oh yeah <laughs> our, our
0: knockoff uh, uh, negative universe version.
1: Yeah, right. The Bizarro podcast. <laughs> it's it's the same logo. It's just got a shitty goatee <laughs> on it. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Oh. Um, all right. So that was uh, that was games played. So recently, Warhammer Plus has come out. Mm-hmm. so we're gonna we're gonna chat a little bit about warhammer plus uh, i'm a subscriber to it andrew you are as well correct
0: yes i did squeak in right before the august cutoff uh to get the bonus ten dollar voucher woohoo yep um, oh i forgot about that <laughs> yeah uh, i that's was whether or not so that's coming in october so don't worry about right. it for a while
1: All right. well the most important question which model did you pick oh the assassin of course really i honestly figured you'd have gone with the orc
0: being the green skin guy well, I don't play Iron Jaws, which, who knows, I might in the future. We'll yeah, see. but you can
1: make a real cool fucking war boss. I can make a real cool
0: fucking war boss out of, like, just scrap sprue that I have. I mean, it's it's orcs. You can make anything yeah. look cool with them. Or him. you can
1: make another real cool-looking war boss with this one. Fair enough.
0: Uh, the Assassin model, it really felt like out of the two, they put way more effort into that one. Because yeah. while, while the, the mega boss does look pretty good it's it kind of just comes across as just a plain old mega boss there's nothing really special about it other yeah. than the fact that it's a different pose whereas the assassin they're like let's he's a fucking terrain piece too one that's going to be nigh unusable because of its profile but whatever. yeah
1: I, I feel like uh, the assassin is the way cooler model but the way less useful model exactly Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it's either going to be a painting project for me, or I'll wait a little bit and see how much it ends up being worth, and I'll just vlog it on eBay, because, you you know, I I don't care too terribly much, but, um, you know, I I got to pick a model, so that was fun.
1: There you go. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, what the Warhammer Plus subscription includes is uh, access to Warhammer TV, which has its own proprietary shows on it. It's got uh, a lot of the painting tutorials are coming out. It's got a bunch of learn-to-play videos. It also gives you access to old white dwarves in their entirety, not just piecemeal bits of them, but entire issues of White Dwarf. It, uh, it goes back right now to the Warhammer Visions that were, I want to say, like 2014 or so, 2014, 2015 in that neighborhood. Uh, supposedly, they're going to be putting more back behind that as well, which, if nothing else, that's fantastic for just the cool hobby articles, all the conversions on terrain, just a bunch of neat little stuff in those.
0: Well, it would be great for kind of like a archiving point of view as well, especially mm-hmm. if they end oh, yeah. up going back to 90s, 80s White Dwarf magazines.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, it also includes the subscription to the Warhammer 40,000 app, which Warhammer Plus is, what, $2 more a month? Some and it that. gives you that app plus much more. And they're also coming out with an Age of Sigmar app that is replacing the Aesir app that they had. I think that releases at the end of September. And that's also included in your Warhammer Plus subscription. So, And the model. You get to pick either the Assassin or the Orc. So really, it's a on its own, I think it's a solid deal. Yeah, I mean, if you get point, access to the current White Dwarves, that makes it cheaper to get Warhammer Plus and everything else yeah than it does to buy the current white dwarf now even if it's on like a three month delay that's still a fantastic deal
0: oh absolutely yeah at this Uh, point if it was was just the TV app I wouldn't think it'd be worth the $60 a year yeah but just with all the other stuff rolled in with the model on top of it with the $10 you and I are Mm -hmm. getting which that deal will be gone by the time this podcast comes out yep unfortunately so realistically, with how much we spend on the website, it's going to end up being $50 with, for what we pay for a year, which that's a good deal. I I, mm-hmm. I would say it's worth it at this
1: point. Yeah, for sure. And so uh, let's talk a little bit about the content on it. We, we went right. into the White Dwarves. It's a White Dwarf. Most people know what the 40K app is like at this point already. The new things on it, however, is there's three real sections to... The Warhammer Plus app. It's uh, it's now on at least Androids. I don't know if it's on iPhones yet. It's also this surprised the hell out of me on Roku. There is a Roku app for it.
0: Yep, that's how I've been watching. I,
1: I have a Roku hooked
0: up to the TV on my painting desk.
1: Dodo. So the the three big things are its shows, which there's only a handful out right now
0: so far. But
1: yeah. what I really like about it is that is where it's got its painting tutorials on. So there's um oh I can't remember her name. The new girl doing the painting stuff. Oh, jeez. I haven't
0: actually watched them yet, so I don't know either.
1: I've, uh, I've watched one or two of them, and they're fantastic. They're, they're very similar to the Dunk, to Duncan's old videos. Of course. Uh,
0: Masterclass, they're calling it, right? Masterclass,
1: yes. They're called Masterclass. Yeah. But that's a great resource. They just use Citadel paints, so obviously it's not for everyone. I know a lot of people in our hobby like to use Vallejos and Scale 75 and all the other... Um, oh, what is it called?
0: shocking the the warhammer games workshop proprietary yeah. app only uses their own paints who'd have thought
1: <laughs> but their paints are good this is overall it's yeah. a fantastic resource for a new hobbyist yeah because it's got all that it tells you exactly what paints how to mix them how to paint the different things uh, it does go a little past battle ready which is kind of what i liked about duncan's videos is it really like it was hey here's how you can paint this simply and how you can take it to the next step. Yeah, Here's how you get that little bit of extra mustard on it. Mm-hmm. That, that two thin coats. Mm-hmm. Then your paints. But the other really interesting part on it that I don't know if it makes it worth picking up just for this, but the learn-to-play section is actually really in-depth and solid. Right yes. now they've got 40k uh, Age of Sigmar. They had Kill Team up before the Kill Team box came out, which I thought was interesting.
0: It was a It was an almost simultaneous release. It ended up being two days like before the box a, yeah, was two officially days before.
1: launched uh, let's see it's got aeronautic imperialis uh, i believe it has blood bowl and i believe it's got necromunda as well it does well, have
0: necromunda which god it. i wish they had that out whenever we were mm-hmm. learning how to play necromunda
1: <laughs> bold of you to call what we did learning yeah we kind of <laughs> I,
0: I rough guess we maybe learned about 65 percent of the rules yeah, yeah.
1: But you know what we rolled dice we hung out with our friends and we had fun and at the end of the day that is what this hobby is about at and least we had to- a ganger we had a ganger catch fire and fall off of a railing <laughs> it was great oh yeah oh tina you bitch
0: Ah oh, tina the indestructible deloc she was a basic ganger she had a pistol and a knife and nothing special and she was always on fire and always getting shot and never taking uh more than just a flesh wound it was all i great.
1: had four caldor gangers with blunder poles Shooting her over and over again and not hurting her anymore. Stabbing her with him. Couldn't kill him. Nothing I did could bring her down. She was she indomitable.
0: Was very ineffectual. Did no damage. However, <laughs> she, she tied also tied up four die, gangers. Which made me think that we maybe were doing rules wrong with her. I don't know. But <laughs> right. it was still really funny and really memorable.
1: It was hilarious. We had a blast. That's the important part.
0: But anyway, so rules for Necromunda are on there. And next time mm-hmm. we actually end up playing it, we could probably actually learn a little bit more about it.
1: Exactly. And then the other thing, which is the big thing that GW is pushing on theirs, is their actual TV programs. Animations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, I've watched the three episodes of Hammer and Bolter that are out, mm-hmm. which the first one is uh, is fantastic. I mean, all three of them are fantastic. I really liked all of them. Uh, the, you didn't yeah. like the art style, did you?
0: No, no. I actually thought the art okay. style was great. I didn't like the low frame rate on a lot of them. because. No. Um, so, we'll get into it now. So, there's three episodes. One right. is Inquisitorial Weirdos being Inquisitorial Weirdos. Yep. One is a menial Imperium guy uh, going yeah, crazy because of, because of Zinch bullshit. And the other one is old Baili, Commissar Yarick himself. Yeah, and an I orc, loved that one. And an orc regaling de youths with his tales of uh, uh, badassery that even... I, he was dare. Like, I was there. I was there when he nipped my fucking leg off that son of a bitch. <laughs> No, so I, uh, Old Bailey animation-wise was one of the ones I actually didn't like as much because it did that thing where a lot of uh, modern animations online are doing, like, they take a piece of art and then they use, what is it, Microsoft Silverlight or whatever it's called. I yeah, and
1: they kind of, it's like a motion comic.
0: Yeah, motion comic. So I had that sort of vibe to it, which, like, the art itself was really good. I just didn't really care for the motion comic vibe of it. But the parts where they actually bothered to, you know, make cell-by-cell animations, it was really
1: good. Yeah. See, I, I kind of enjoy that because it really takes me back to, like, my childhood. It's very Saturday morning cartoons and, like, early 90s anime style.
0: The old that, I specifically really felt, really felt yeah, Saturday morning cartoon in a good did. way.
1: And that, that motion comic style it did, it, it took me back to, like, older video games where, like... They didn't have the technology to make a really cool cinematic, so it would be that that kind of like moving picture thing. Uh, That's fair. I, as weird as it sounds, I think Dragon Age 2 did that a bit as well. Yeah. Which was the first were. game that did it in a while, but there were a lot of the old, uh, like the Spider Man games, especially. Anything based off of a comic did that a lot, because it kind of gave you that feeling of reading a comic. And saved a lot of money. It did, but it was great. Like, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed all three of those episodes uh which
0: one was your most favorite
1: i really i mean Yarick is the best character on the in the entire universe of 40k <laughs> yeah, so no
0: same yeah it's uh, it's, it's uh, Yarick. i mean yeah they're, they're, they're my okay. favorite characters in all of 40k so
1: behind that though i really did like the inquisitorial weirdo one just because of the twist at the end i thought was really good I felt like
0: that one had the best animation because the fights were actually fairly fluid and didn't do the motion comic thing, so it it really Mm -hmm. felt... That felt like the one that they probably put the most money into to be like, hey, Hammer and Bolter, motherfucker, subscribe! It is bloody. Oh, yeah. No, (laughs) I will say it feels like um, a lot of it is they're really trying hard to actually make it as bloody as possible because it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's cartoons, but it ain't for kids. Yeah, it's Warhammer cartoons. So that was pretty fun. Um, My... The weakest one I felt was the, the librarian going crazy just because, mm-hmm. honestly, half of the episode was a dude counting, which, you know, I, I know it's yeah. supposed to show the drudgery of Imperial yeah, life. and the monotony and how, if and you're, the tediousness of If it. you're not a space marine or, you know, a rogue trader or something, that life is miserable. So that, I, I liked it just from that perspective. And, you know, the little touches we got of like, oh, he sees chaos and chaos is driving him crazy, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a story we've heard a million, billion times if you like Warhammer stuff. But it was overall fairly well done. I just felt Here's out, the thing. Of, out of the three it was the weakest.
1: I think that one told the best story. I believe that, yeah. Because, like, it was a story. The the Yarik one, I don't know, maybe it was just because we already knew the history of Yarek. Like, it was a commonly told tale. Most people who have been in the hobby since, you know, the Third War for Armageddon supplements and stuff like that back in the day, everybody knows Yarek and Gazgul. Well, I uh, like the, that one because it was one, from the orc's perspective
0: because it was yes, it was this it was old orc being like listen up you motherfuckers is the one you got to be scared of.
1: Yeah, and the first one was it was a very it was a very action movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, this that one
0: Definitely just I like did, I'm an inquisitor, I, I do what I want. Mm-hmm. Other inquisitor goes, "No, you can't fight."
1: Plus this one, I think the um the library one had the truest 40k art style to it. It was very John Blanche looking. It had That's that fair. muted sepia color palette, a lot of skulls, and it was just that almost sketchy style it was drawn in. It was it was very true to the setting.
0: Yeah. No, that, it, there was definitely, I mean, it's a four out of five still. I mean, it was still a very oh, yeah. good episode. And all of these are, what, 21, 22 minutes? They're like actual uh, episodes around. that yeah, you yeah, get on TV. It's not these
1: little tiny shorts.
0: Yeah. So it's it's uh, if they can continue the quality and release one or two of those a week for a while, I'll be mm-hmm. pretty interested to see what kind of catalog they can eventually get. Because there's there's a lot of stories that could be told, and depending on who's directing and who's animating, they could be really good.
1: Yeah, because well, I picked like, up a it, bunch of animators from who have done like Warhammer things on their own. They they've hired <laughs> a lot of those people.
0: It, it caused a lot of backlash, which most of it was not justified, but, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, and it, then I, there's the other show on there, Angels of Death, which I didn't even realize was on there. Somehow I totally missed that. Hmm. So I uh, actually haven't watched that. I noticed I, it right before we started recording.
0: I have seen that one. Um, snap. Yeah. Uh, Angels so there's of death.
1: Uh, Angels of Death.
0: Yeah, so I watched it. Um, it's... Uh, very graphically stylized, so they kind of went with it was. It's a three D one, so it's not nowhere near on par with the days uh, uh, shorts that were out by that one guy who I think has since been hired by Games Workshop. Um, but they hid a lot of the jankiness of some of the models by doing kind of a smudgy, black-and-white-and-red Sin City sort of style. Like, it's very, like, oh stylized, where it's it's all black-and-white until you see blood, or the the red of the Blood Angel power armor, that sort of thing. Um, I would say it's very, like... Uh, some people might get mad, because I'm not a big Space Marines fan, but it's very cookie-cutter, like, Space Marine, where it's like, oh, brothers, honor, blood, <laughs> honor, honor, hmm. <laughs> We should go down there and rescue the captain, but honor dictates that we should honor, honor, and honor. So... But that's just the first episode and action is actually going to happen in the next episode, I assume. Um, but mostly just going off of a graph like a graphical point of view, it's very interesting the only problem I really had with uh, the aesthetics of it was um, you could tell whenever unhelmeted space marines talk that they have very Muppet mouth going on. Like it's very like if you didn't have the yeah, if you didn't have dialogue over it, it would just be like going bop, 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 bop. So uh, it's a good Fantastic. thing most of the time they're going to be wearing helmets because they're space so,
1: marines. Little known fact: that's actually how space marines talk.
0: Oh yeah, they just they lose yeah. all function with their lips and just go mop, mop, mop.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a side effect of the black carapace. Weird, because that's a rib
0: cage. Who'd have thought? <laughs> but anyway, um, no,
1: the 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 black carapace. It's not just the rib cage. I, I believe it goes under most of their skin, doesn't it?
0: Does it? Oh yeah, I guess that is all the yeah. uh, neurological hookups all the, that that's yeah. the sockets that you see on their skin. Yeah. They. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but, see um, see cannon there are some parts of it that I did like, other than just Space Marines being Space Marines, where uh, they go to the the, the the bridge of the ship that they're on, and you see a human captain, and she's in charge of everything. So like Space Marines on her bridge, and she's like, "Shut the fuck up, I'm in charge." And they're like, mm, "Brother, honor." Mm, brother, <laughs> Space Marine. Um, but you also get to see a lot of like Warhammer weirdness. So you see like the uh, like the pilot who's like who's like. Wired into the ship, into everything. yeah, and he's got yeah. like this like VR visor bolted into his skull, and there's servo skulls going around, and it's it's a it's a good taste of like a, another good taste of like Warhammer Menials, but with the cool heroics of Space Marines on the side. So oh, cool. I'm I'm tentatively interested to see where it goes because this one's actually a proper narrative, whereas the Hammer and Bolters yeah. are all individual episodes. Yeah, so the uh, this this one could go somewhere interesting. It kind of <laughs> It's Space Marines, so what's going to happen is (laughs) they're going to go to a planet, there's going to be a thing, they have to fight either Chaos, Tyranids, or Necrons, all of them are going to die, except for maybe one who's going to come back, and they're going to flash forward to him being a grizzled veteran, going, I remember my brothers, but we're
1: Space Marines, so we have to give ourselves for the Emperor. Or it'll be Exterminatus is the ending.
0: That too. So, uh... But as long as the ride to get to that point is fun, I'm cool with it. Action, action for action's sake is occasionally very fun. Exactly.
1: So, I'm, I'm curious to see if they put the Eisenhorn show on this, because they had talked about it. It was originally going to be talked about about like HBO Netflix, or Amazon or Netflix. It's bounced around what they've talked about. I'm curious if they'll just run it on this instead.
0: Uh, I think it'll depend on the numbers, how many people subscribe, um, which... If they put it on like a Netflix or something and there's enough interest, it would be a good way to get them to go, Hey, maybe get on Warhammer Plus. But then mm. the vast majority of people on Netflix will not know a damn thing about Warhammer nor give a shit after they watch this show, so
1: Yeah, that's that's why I'm curious about Eisenhorns if they're gonna try and use it as kind of a another one of those stepping end points like they did with the Space Marine video game and Dawn of War, Total War Warhammer, stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I would definitely pull a few
1: people in, but I don't know if it will mm-hmm. pull in the numbers that they hope for. But I, I think Eisenhorn is pulpy, detective-y, huntery enough where it kind of combines your elements of, like, The Witcher and, like, Supernatural and stuff like that. I think it'll generate a decent amount of interest.
0: A lot of it would depend on the writing and the directors and costume designers. You know, have like Dan just, Amnett write it. I mean, yeah, you, that's what you'd think, but, you know, if you're doing Netflix... Have Dan
1: Amnett write it and James Gunn direct it. If you're oh Jesus.
0: Well, I don't think you could have James Gunn direct it because he would make it too fun and Warhammer's not fun. Like in like funny. That's true. Funny Eisen, Eisenhorn squad.
1: isn't fun. No, he could direct a Cyphus Kane movie.
0: He could direct a <laughs> Kane for sure. That would be the one that he would nail.
1: Be fantastic. Uh,
0: yeah. I I oof, I really want to see James Gunn Cyphus Kane now.
1: <laughs> I just uh, he's Star-Lord. Cyphus Kane is Star-Lord. Pretty much, yeah. He just bumbled into being a hero.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's a coward who wants to not be there, but he also wants to get laid and, you know, hang out on a backwater planet. So that, mm-hmm. that's his
1: character. <laughs> Gotta love it.
0: Uh, but yeah, no. so like overall, I haven't actually... How do you get to the White Dwarves? I haven't actually found how to do that yet. So
1: I've only been able to do it on the computer through the email. I think they're working on the portal still for it. That, okay, the, that's its biggest issue right now, is you can't get to any of that stuff on the TV, which makes sense hmm um i wish i could get to that stuff on the app which yeah, I was maybe for, i'll be able to
0: i was looking for the phone app i got the, the actual warhammer tv app downloaded but i assume there might be like a white dwarf app or something or maybe like a portal through the the warhammer mm. tv app but nothing so far
1: yeah i don't know because i've just got the the warhammer tv the warhammer 40k app which are now linked
0: well, hopefully by the time this episode launches, they'll actually uh, be
1: able to have that easily accessible to us subscribers. Oh, yeah. So, overall, what do you what do you rate Warhammer Plus as, Andrew?
0: Oh, I will give it four silver
1: so skulls out of five. Four servo schools. That works well, because I was going to go with eight bolter shells out of ten. So the math checks out there.
0: Yeah, so overall good. It's a a decent launch, as long as they can keep with the weekly releases like they're saying they will. If they can... Oh, well, the battle reports, actually, too. I watched some of those. Oh, Um, I have
1: not watched any of those yet.
0: They do a pretty good job of, like... Uh, so they had they had one of Age of Sigmar and one of 40k, and they do a pretty good job with both of them being like, uh, oh my my cruel boys are gonna attack your stormcast with this special rule. I don't know why I'm doing this British accent because neither of them are Cockney. Um, <laughs> so whenever it'd be like, oh cruel boys poison weapons, so they would actually like have an aside where whoever's playing would be like the cruel boys on a six plus for their hits uh, actually generate one mortal wound because their weapons their weapons are poison.
1: So I like actually,
0: that. They would explain the rules as they go along, which I feel That's like is an issue with a lot of YouTube battle reports. They don't do shit like that. They just yeah, they're just, you know they're what's just going
1: moving on. and rolling dice, and you're just looking at like I don't know what the fuck's happening or why that guy got removed.
0: Exactly. So they yep. did a good job with that. There's some good graphics and stuff popping up. It'd be like, oh my, um, my ultramarine intercessors are going to garrison in this particular piece of terrain, and it would pop up and be like plus one armor save because of this terrain and stuff like that.
1: They, they did a pretty okay. good job with that um
0: so that that that's an additional cool thing that's on the app
1: yeah like i will say there are some issues with the app uh the lack of being able to get to white dwarfs easily on it uh just kind of the the weird jankiness with release on some of the issues which that's a common thing that's going to happen it's a new service they've never done uh, anything like
0: this. i joined two days after launch and had no issues so i think it was just it was just release date jank
1: yeah and the amount of actual quality that they have put into everything is actually kind of staggering
0: yeah, well, that that's one of the reasons I was always pretty okay with the idea of Warhammer Plus. Again, mm-hmm. weird fucking boycotts aside, the internet that they do have their own issues with content creators that are valid. However, the internet did not handle it well, as the internet yep. never do, especially when it comes to our hobby. Um, that stuff aside, it's very them polarized. actually, yeah, boy, is it uh, that <laughs> aside, them actually having a budget, they're able mm-hmm. to do. Theoretically, at least, they're able to do a lot of the stuff that we like to watch on YouTube, but way better because they have access to all the rules. They know what's coming up. They're able to actually produce it properly. They have full time editors. They have full time rules guys. They have full time, uh, like, terrain makers and model yep. painters. Like, it, it, theoretically, but we'll see if it's maintained steam the whole time. They should be able to produce the best. Warhammer content out there. Who'd have thought? The guys who make the game. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm tentatively excited to see where it is two, three, six months down the line, because as yeah. of now, content's super light, but yeah, if they're doing the weekly releases like they say, that's going to build up ahead of steam pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, content's light. It's been out for, what, four days? five days at time of recording at time of recording
0: yeah so we're currently for for pulling it back we're on august 31st so you know
1: yes so one thing that i would like to see out of warhammer plus and warhammer tv is i would like to see some of the tournament coverage i think it'd be really cool if even if they just did you know the top tables um maybe not necessarily like every gt they do but you know your lvo at your wtc's um adepticon your big nova tournaments things that go down to a top table where it's, like, you know, top six. I would really enjoy watching those, even if they're just... Even if it's not the full battle report of it, but just, like, a condensed thing, or just coverage of the tournaments as they're happening. Yeah, Kind of like really... you see on ESPN, like, a ticker. I'm, We're talking, like, pipe dream, pipe dream.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course.
1: I can't see them doing that, but I think it'd be very cool to be like, oh, the fucking Boise Cup's happening. I'm going to fucking... <laughs> click the ticker on and see, you know, what armies are playing at it and how they're doing and victory points on things. It'd just be cool to see, cool to Uh, see other, other players playing that aren't just the GW people.
0: Even if we didn't go full ESP and the Ocho, uh, it would be pretty (laughs) fun to get like, I don't know, bare minimum, like a five to 10 minute video where Mm -hmm. like, like the tournament we're hopefully going to at their beginning of October where it's, it's a Warhammer official tournament. It's run by Warhammer. Everything is, is games workshop. Uh, like, maybe they, they have, like, interviews where it's, you know, top three people. you, you Hey, what army did you take? What's your list? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this tournament? It's just, like, full-on coverage of that sort of stuff just to kind of have an idea of how things are run for people who can't make it to New Orleans or Florida or uh, Texas, I think, is the third one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because they're going to do... Like Warhammer Fest, stuff like that, like the really big stuff that's put on by Games Workshop proper at the very least, just so you can get that coverage out there to people who can't make it to belgium or wherever warhammer fest yeah. was being held last time
1: yeah and i think it wouldn't surprise me at all if they pulled other content creators on uh, specifically some of the bigger podcast guys that do big things that have to do with like nova and lvo and stuff like that like the the frontline gaming guys the forge the narrative guys uh honestly it wouldn't surprise me if they pulled some of the people from the independent characters even though that podcast doesn't go anymore just or, to, to your, do your
0: retired vets to come out and mm-hmm. go, oh, yeah, back in my day in fifth edition.
1: Huh. Yeah. Or even like even talk about some of the events and things like that. Or um, I can't think of the guy who runs the Nova Charitable Open, but like a lot of podcasts interview him. It'd be really cool to see that on a bigger scale because Warhammer Plus is going to have a wider audience than most podcasts do.
0: Or most YouTube channels. Most yeah. U-
1: yeah, it's it's going to be the best way to kind of like spread that kind of stuff. So I think it could be really good for just the health of the overall hobby for stuff like that.
0: Well, it'd be a good way to give back to the community. wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily be the correct phrase, but just to like let the community know that that Games Workshop cares about the people who give them lots of money for their tiny plastic works and space marines, yeah. you know? Uh, it, it, yeah, if they know what they're about, that could be a pretty smart way for them to at least have some of their content on Warhammer Plus. Eh, fingers crossed. We'll see.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the possibilities are endless with this right now. It's a very open open-ended sort of thing, which I think is great.
0: Yeah. And and they do have a set set content like we said, mm-hmm. the painting courses, the rules, the animations, the battle reports. So they will have a bare minimum of weekly content, but it could go further.
1: Yeah. Uh but yeah, so that's that's mine and Andrew's two cents on warhammer plus four out of five (laughs) exactly four out of five eight out of ten whatever you want to call it it all breaks down in the end so you know if you guys have any comments or thoughts on it you know reach out and email us Uh, our email we finally have up is dice like ice podcast at gmail.com we would love to hear y'all's thoughts on warhammer plus and things along that nature you know
0: We do also have a Facebook and an Instagram and a Twitter, so, you know, just do a search for Dice Like Ice. Uh, We'll probably check it, like, once a week, and if you post hateful stuff, we'll probably call you a fucko and then delete it, so, you know, whatever. So be cool. (laughs)
1: golden rule, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. All right, so next up, we're going to roll into our usual segment of tool tips. Andrew, you got a tool for us this week, right?
0: I do. Uh, it's going to be a fairly short segment, which it normally is, but uh, my tool for the week is tweezers, uh, an, an oft-underlooked uh, tool for your cabinet when it comes to hobbying. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've found over the decade or so that I've been doing uh, Warhammer stuff that tweezers have become one of the more useful tools in my cabinet because... Especially with a lot of the very large kits, there happens to be some very tiny, delicate pieces. Uh, even my most recent, one of my most recent builds, the Stompa, I use tweezers on because there's a lot of very tiny, uh, like power cables and little couplings and stuff you have to glue together. And sometimes when you build a big kit like that, if you got fat fucking fingers like I do, they can't get in there and grab that thing easy. So if you have just a good set of like, I don't know, three or four inch long tweezers, clip them together, bing bang boom, it's going to hold on and hold tight. Also, also, it's a good one that, uh, you can, you can like, you can use in conjunction with what we did last week, put a little bit of blue tack on there. So that way you can kind of gently, uh, super glue your piece on. And that way, if you accidentally lose a uh, grip on your tweezers, uh, your piece is not going to go flying all the way across the room. Yep. It'll just stick onto them. So, you know, just little stuff like that. Um... Yeah, pretty short one, like I said, but tweezers, they're yeah. extremely useful. Uh, Tony was saying he doesn't use them. I use them I, a, I do, almost I do use every them build. Some.
1: I don't use them for the same thing you use them for, though. What do you use them for? I use tweezers for transfers.
0: Ah, yes, I don't use transfers, so there we go. Uh,
1: I don't very often because I am awful at them. Uh eventually I will teach myself the whole Microsoft Microset thing, but I'm working on Age of Sigmar stuff so transfers aren't that big with the Black Templar stuff coming out though. I am god awful at freehanding multi's crosses, so I've got stacks and stacks of those transfers and a whole bunch of Black Templars that need them. So I guess in a couple of episodes after that Codex release, look for me doing a really angry tool tip about microsol and Microset. <laughs> I've got them both. I've tried them. I'm awful at it, but you know, it's like anything else, it's practice but tweezers are super useful for that for sure and i've used my tweezers for some bits here and there but uh i'm an animal and i primarily use blue tack or the very end of um sculpting tools or what i'll use to adjust things minutely So,
0: yeah, I I did do sculpting tools or, like, Mm -hmm. the end of my Zacto blade sometimes. Yeah. Um, But tweezers get the same effect while having a lot more grip. Just having that little bit of of extra hold on your model pieces can really help set certain pieces, especially on the way more fiddly kits. Yeah. Yeah especially on really tiny bits that could very easily get lost if you have fucking fat hands and butterfingers like I do. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm, I'm a big,
1: clumsy dude, so I lose so a lot.
0: Well worth investing in a proper set of hobby tweezers, not just like the one you'd use to pluck out nose hairs or whatever, like just like actual hobby tweezers. They're not expensive. I think mine came with my 3D printer, which was. they're like three or, three or four inches long. They're just super useful.
1: Here's a question for you, Andrew. Do you use the ones that kind of... This is going to sound weird trying to describe this, because this is good radio, folks. Oh, yeah. Do you use the kind that, like, go down to a point... Yeah. or do you so, use the kind that like they go out and they kind of cant out at an angle and they're flat on the inside? Because that's so what I've used.
0: Mine essentially, when they come together, if you if you clip the ends together, they form like a cone essentially. So they're okay. they have rounded edges and they they both narrow to a very fine tip, uh, to the point where you could probably puncture skin pretty easily with them if you wanted to. But uh, I find, and that as they, we all
1: know, that's how we grade our hobby tools or the amount of damage we can inflict on a person with them.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's like when you buy a car and you have to test out the trunk, you go, how many dead bodies yeah. can I fit in here? Right. So it's a similar thing. But uh, yeah, so it has a very narrow end. So you can get very, very fine pieces of uh, hobby material, um, useful for green stuffing, very small yep. gaps between arms or necks or something like that. Just, uh, you know, just generally all around good for the very fine fiddly bits that sometimes happen in this hobby.
1: Yeah, when I first started messing with the uh, the Microsoft MicroSet transfer thing, I went all in and bought a pair of hobby tweezers, that like, they are closed when you're not squeezing them. You squeeze them to open them, which is weird.
0: Oh, those ones that look kind of like uh, twin zigzags.
1: Yeah, yeah, but like it's totally flat and smooth, and they're good, and they fit in my hand nicely, and they were like twenty something more dollars than I really should have spent on a pair of tweezers. Ooh. Yeah, I know, man, but I, I was like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right, and I put on one transfer, I'm like, fuck this, I'm doing something else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which is uh, uh, another thing with a hobby, if you do it wrong the first time, it's okay, try again
1: later. It's okay, you don't have to be perfect at everything, it all takes practice.
0: It's whatever, whatever you end up doing, it's your hobby, do what makes you happy.
1: <laughs> exactly, and if your friends give you shit about it, fuck them. Exactly.
0: If they give you more than a light-hearted ribbing, they probably yeah. aren't
1: great friends to begin with anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, Andrew and I, we give each other a hard time about stuff, but at the end well, of the day, we're buddies.
0: We also know that there is no actual negative feelings.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because he knows no matter how hard I rib his painting, it is significantly better than my painting. And Tony and no knows matter, I know that. <laughs> no, and no matter how much he fusses about dice, I know I will always be better at dice than him, no uh. matter what.
0: I, I am the epitome of Dice Like Ice.
1: If Tony, I roll Tony, a two, Tony he's going to roll a one.
0: <laughs> Tony made the name, but I am the Avatar.
1: <laughs> right. You merely adopted the name. <laughs> I was born
0: in it. Morded born by,
1: by it. it. Hang on, I might have a coffee cup somewhere in the
0: next room. <laughs> oh, there you go, so you can do the voice. Uh, I just cut my hands. <laughs> you merely adopted the
1: dice. <laughs> I was born in the ice. Morded by it. <laughs> Oh, he's gonna keep going. I thought I thought it was gonna be a quick one. I apologize.
0: No, it's okay because Tom Hardy <laughs> is a multi-million-dollar paid actor to do the world's worst accent that I can do, just fucking around on a podcast. So hey. Yeah, you know what? More power but to he, him. He is really good whenever he actually wants to be good, though.
1: Hot take: I liked Venom. A lot of people didn't. I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Still
0: haven't seen it. I haven't haven't brought myself to actually watch it yet. Although I might. It is a the fun sequel. movie. Now that the sequel's coming soon, I might actually watch it. Yeah. Uh, if it's, I don't know what streaming service it's on. If it's even on anything right now.
1: Uh it was on HBO Go when I watched it, but that was like fucking a year and a half ago.
0: Might still be on Max. Yeah.
1: I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I, I may watch Venom by next podcast. We'll see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I plan on cutting that whole bit out. I just wanted to point that out that when you were talking about the Tom Hardy thing. Ah. What yes. <laughs> will break first? Your body, nor your mind.
0: Your transmission, nor your body.
1: (laughs) Oh. Terrible. All right. So, now we've gotten our tool tip out of the way. It is time for one of my favorite segments, Andrew. You know what it is?
0: Dumb lists. Dumb lists. Dumb
1: lists. lists. All right. You ready? I got a doozy for you. All right. Let's hear it. And I know you love this list because Mm. you actually have experience playing against it.
0: Go ninja, go ninja, go ninja,
1: go go ninja, ninja, rats! That's right, it is ninja rat time. It is my pride and joy, I love my Skaven armies, and this one is Skaven to the extreme. It is 100% Clan Eshin. Let's see, how many drops is it? Four, it is four drops, it's a four drop army, okay? Which is not, oh no, I'm not, I'm sorry, It's, it's way more than that. (laughs) it's a lot of drops because you know what this army doesn't have to go first because it's that dumb so we're going to start it off normal basic 2000 point age of sigmar army your general is going to be my favorite big rat boy the vermin lord deceiver the incarnation of the rat god in ninja form he, You're going
0: to give him. It's the great horned rat who's cosplaying Naruto.
1: Yeah, pretty much. He runs across the... Oh, that's how I should have modeled him in that stupid running pose.
0: Yep, put on your headbands, you fucking <laughs> weebs. We're going to play some rats.
1: <laughs> Oh man! So we're gonna give him the artifact that causes so much pain and suffering, and that is gonna be the Shadow Magnet Trinket. The Shadow Magnet Trinket allows him to fight first in close combat once per battle, no matter what. He just throws it down on the ground, and it just it's like that. Uh, the thing in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy that Star Lord throws it pulls all their guns away. It's like that, but with ninjas. <laughs> sure. And then, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. My brain kind of turned off. Yeah, so uh, it allows you to fight first in close combat once per battle, which is always fun to jump him in, get that, and then get another critical strike off. Then we're going to give him the Warlord trait. It's called, like, One with the Shadows, which means he cannot be seen outside of six inches. If you can't see him, you can't charge him. If you can't see him, you can't shoot him. Oh, yeah. And if he's within six inches of you, he is close enough to ruin your day. Hey, Andrew, do do you remember this guy?
0: Boy, do I. The guy who caused something like 20 mortal wounds on my Kraken Eater the first time I played my son's Uh, of bandwagon army? They
1: weren't mortal. They were just Rind 3.
0: Well, Rind 3 is pretty good when you have a 4-up armor save.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, uh, the first time Andrew ran his giants, I was like, I'm going to throw my big ninja at it. And neither of us knew what was about to happen. And what happened was, was I had a...
0: My Jolly Green Giant fell (laughs) down and crushed a few rats.
1: Yeah, he did. All right, so behind him, he's going to be your main damage dealer. Behind him, you've got two more heroes in the list, and they're both going to be death. I tend to take them with Fighting Claws, because I feel like Weeping Blades are a little swingy. Uh, Fighting Claws give them seven attacks as opposed to three, but they don't have rend and they're only one damage apiece. Weeping Blades have, I believe, rend one, and they're D3 damage apiece. For half the attacks, I don't find it worth it. That's just me. But then again, my main opponents are Ghouls and Squigs. So, you know, (laughs) armor's not really the biggest thing.
0: That's fair, that's fair.
1: All right, behind that, we're going to have 10 gutter runners. These are the the higher-end rats. They infiltrate, they pop up behind enemy lines, they throw a bunch of ninja stars, they get stuck in, they actually wear armor and have some rend.
0: Actually wear armor? What a novel
1: concept. Well, all of the rats wear armor, but they actually wear armor armor. They have a (laughs) five-up save.
0: They wear armor that's not made out of tissue, paper, and dreams.
1: So, next up, we're going to have... I've run large blocks of night runners before, and I always feel like they're not worth it because how the new Bravery works with Skaven, they just flee. If they take a handful of casualties, you lose half the squad. So we're going to run them as 10-man blocks, which is the smallest you can get them. And we're going to run 15 of those 10-man blocks. Ha. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Now, Andrew makes that noise because he knows what these guys do. Before the battle starts, uh, after everything's set up, before the first player takes their turn... Everything in this army, with the exception of the Vermin Lord, it gets a 6-inch run move. Or a D 6 D6-inch run move. So you're already starting ahead of the field. And then, you know, you can always gnaw hold the Vermin Lord through onto the other side of the battlefield, and his guy's going to be right behind him.
0: Sounds way more dirty than it should.
1: It does, it does. The gnaw holes are the scave away to teleport around the battlefield. They're almost useless after turn 1, unless you're doing some... Crazy magic things through them, which a lot of people do. I don't. I don't like magic. I don't like wizards. That's just me. <laughs> I don't like them. I don't trust them. They got long, pointy beards, funny hats. Not okay.
0: You should play corn.
1: <laughs> I did for a very long time.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Uh,
1: I say, is my, my Vermin Lord Deceiver is actually a wizard, and he's very good at it. He can cast the dreaded Skitter Leap, which is better than the normal Skitter Leap.
0: <laughs> this one's dreaded.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, six inches instead of nine inches away from enemies. Ah. Yeah. He teleports almost into their sight distance. It's
0: pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what's really fun about this list is even though it is Skaven, it is an entirely ranged list. Everything in this army has a ranged attack at 12 inches. Everything. So, that puts it at, let's see, 150, 170. 178 ninja star throws at 12 inches that hit on fours and wound on fives. And for every roll of a six to hit, it's two hits. You can throw a lot of lead downrange, and it will take the just. It'll take the wind out of somebody's sails when you throw that many ninja stars at them. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, what, fives
0: to hit, you said? Uh, four to hit. Four to hit. So, yeah, yeah. that's uh, no armor penetration, but that's still... No armor penetration. Still... Just in enough ninja star that eventually you might be able to wear down even the biggest opponent.
1: But here's the really fun thing that Eshin do. So the Lord Deceiver has an ability for close combat that allow you to reroll um, wounds for all Eshin models within 13 inches of him. Mm. But also for each Eshin hero that you have at the beginning of the battle, you pick one enemy hero for each character. So I would get to pick three enemy heroes, which three to four is about what most people run. Right? Typically, yeah. Typically. Now, with that, I get to re-roll failed wound rolls for every Eshin model in my army against that target.
0: That uh, could be pretty damn scary for certain so, heroes.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it wounds on a five, but it's re-rolling. So you can very, very easily just delete a hero with this list.
0: Yeah, and if you're doing something like a night Nighthaunt, List where mm-hmm. the entire thing is on the back of the heroes, and once they die, everything else becomes way worse. That's that's yep. not terrible.
1: Yeah, this is actually a list that's oddly enough really, really good against other Skaven builds, <laughs> because Skaven builds rely on their warlocks. the The meta Skaven builds rely on like their arch warlocks and stuff like that, and Thankful. And right. honestly, between a Vermin Lord Deceiver and Thankful, the Deceiver's gonna win that fight.
0: Yeah, because you can't get your your warp thrower fuckery.
1: Yeah. Best case you're dealing four mortal wounds to it before it runs in and drop kicks you. Yeah. <laughs> and it uh, will run in and drop kick you.
0: You might get lucky and get a couple of good spells off on it. Maybe you could cause some mortal wounds to it, but I, unless but, you roll incredibly, I don't think Thinkwell's gonna kill it before it gets to you.
1: But that's the other thing. Outside of six inches you can't see it to cast things onto it.
0: Oh that's fair, I didn't think about that.
1: And it is a wizard, so it's got two dispels. He can mystic shield himself and arcane bolt something.
0: Yep. Yeah, so the majority of this silly build is on the back of Master Ninja. And exactly. If you, if you could actually kill him, kind of starts to fall apart a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. As
1: Andrew has seen a couple of times, when you when you kill the Vermin Lord, this list starts to deteriorate pretty rapidly.
0: Yeah. That's the fun thing with a lot of gimmick lists like this mm-hmm. is, uh, if you can make the thing, what's the scariest die? Everything else becomes way not scary.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you remove the linchpin, it does not work too well.
0: Shockingly enough, when you knock the arch stone away, bah, 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 yeah. more metaphors.
1: Yeah. Hey, man, 182 wounds and a 2,000-point army's not not too shabby, though.
0: That's true. It, it, even with really big lists, it would take a long time to chew through mm. that many models. Uh, yeah. It, it, if you played your objectives well, you could win just by sheer volume of models.
1: Oh, yeah, you're pretty much guaranteed to get the grand strategy of having a battle line unit alive, because you have 16 yeah. of them in this list.
0: Yeah. Which yeah, yeah, is...
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, most lists run four, maybe five battle line units. Maybe. You know, I think
0: uh, it, it's a silly list, but I think the majority of the silliness of this list just comes from every time we say Ninja Rat, we both go
1: Ninja, 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 ninja rat. rat. Yeah, it's because you have to. It's, it's in the contract.
0: We, we have to get Vanilla Ice to make us a new yeah. version of that song. He's cheap now. He's doing a, du- a DIY video show. He's, he's not actually rapping
1: anymore. We can make it happen. Exactly. So yeah, obviously the name of this list is either Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go, or Ninja, Ninja, Rat.
0: All right, so we don't have a Patreon yet, but if we ever get one, I think that should be our top tier goal. Give us enough money that we can commission <laughs> yeah. Vanilla Ice to make us a Ninja Rat song.
1: <laughs> it took every fiber of my being not to take this list to New Orleans. Oh, it would be so and I funny. still really want to take this list to New Orleans. It would be and so since funny. It's since it's not October yet, there's still like a 30% chance that I'm taking this list to New Orleans. I you know what? The thing, I, I'm going to take it to Giga. I'm going to take it to the Giga tournament the Saturday after, I think. Fair enough. I do think
0: there's no chance it would actually win or even take top no. three. But I do think you would confuse the ever-loving hell out of at least two or three of your opponents if you did I, take it.
1: I don't know if you know this or not about me, Andrew, but that's kind of my M.O.,
0: that's <laughs> no, fair. Yeah. No, uh, fucking with people is always a good reason to do something sometimes.
1: Especially when you take a list that's so counter meta that it's not even countering a meta anymore. It's yeah, just it's own little bubble.
0: When, when they're thinking, "All right, they're either going to take the, the new Lumineth cheese list, the new Stormcast cheese list, the new the new Nagash cheese list." Oh, he took Ninja Rats and only it's like, Ninja Rats. What?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, it's Skaven? Alright, so I gotta watch out for Warp Lightning Cannons, Fankwell, and I've gotta watch out for all the Storm Fiends. He's gonna. The hell are those? I'm sorry, how many Ninja Stars? Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it'd be worth it just for, to see that moment in the first round where they have to adjust <laughs> to what the hell's happening.
1: Yeah, it's like, I. it wouldn't surprise me if some of the people playing have never even heard of Clan Eshen.
0: They, they, I don't think they've ever been the meta, so that, that would be
1: reasonable. No, They were. At one point in time, they were the most disgusting Warhammer fantasy battle army ever. Oh, what edition was that? Uh, I want to say it was late 6th or early 7th. Um, it was one of the supplement books that came out. I believe it was Lustria, because it, it introduced a lot of the Far East stuff as well, and that was where Clan Eshin trained. And there was one of the lists that you could run. That was a pure Eshin list run by um, Deathmaster Snitch. And basically your entire army just teleported onto the board. You just hmm. appeared out of terrain pieces.
0: Okay. Yeah, that could see that being scary.
1: It, it, it was almost like you, you had to deploy. You had to have a handful of clan rats because back in the day you could have clan Eshin clan rats. But so, all your night so, runners, your gutter runners, your assassins. Ninja chaff. Yeah, pretty much. They, they were the ones training to be night runners.
0: Ah, okay, they hadn't made it made it to actual ninja hood yet.
1: Exactly. So all of the others popped out of terrain features. And you're just popping out of terrain features, and it was a skirmish army. And back in the day, skirmish armies were always terrifying because they were, you, they were harder to counter. You couldn't take away rank bonuses from skirmishers, and skirmishers could remove your rank bonuses. They were faster, and they didn't have facings, and you could do a lot of stuff with a skirmishing army. But usually they didn't hit very hard because it was hard to get them close. Okay. So, so when they pop out behind you, they wreck you.
0: Uh, and that is your lesson in an edition
1: of Warhammer that hasn't existed for 20 years? Hey, hey, Old World is coming back, thank you very much.
0: Yeah, we'll see if that particular build does.
1: I'm sure it yeah, it doesn't have to come back, it never left.
0: That's fair. As always, <laughs> those, the rulebook still exists. If you want to play with 6th
1: edition Warhammer <laughs> Fantasy Battle, you can. Oh, I was talking about because I'm still the only idiot who plays an Eshin list.
0: Uh, Ambertonians.
1: Ambertonians, <laughs> yeah don't judge me
0: you're definitely not the only idiot who plays Bretonians there's still a small but loud contingency of them online. I am
1: one of the very few that still play them at Age of Sigmar most people go into the um, Ninth Age and Kings of War and stuff like that with it. Kings of War is that what it's called? Kings of Flame Kingdom of Flame I Kings think it's of Kings War of War
0: is, I think Kings of War Yeah. yeah I'm not sure I only really play Warhammer
1: but yeah so that is our stupid list of the week
0: uh, should we start doing a silly scale? I'd put that one on like a solid 7 out of 10 silliness.
1: It is, but it's also, it can be really competitive too.
0: Yeah, no, it's just definitely, it's, it's one of those weird ones where it might be a meta buster.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so far outside of the norm that it, it would give some people some trouble. Or you might just get completely steamrolled. Who knows? Well, it'd be really hard to take out 16 units. Even in five turns that's deleting three squads or over three units a turn.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's that's a lot of mortal wounds you'd need. That's and a most armies lot. can't pump out that
1: much. Yeah, and you're you're also having to determine how to split your fire before you go into it if you're shooting or attacks as well. You're having to figure out how to split that.
0: That's fair. I I'd, I'd say the only real problem with them is they don't necessarily have like the stopping power to be super effective against other armies. They would just be no holding objectives and hoping they don't chew through you fast enough.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, their stopping power is just rolling tons and tons of ninja star dice and hoping you're bad at saves.
0: And every time you roll going,
1: ninja, ninja, ninja rat. Right. And you know what? If your opponent's not on board with you doing that, they're not a fun opponent.
0: Then you point away and you go,
1: go, go, go. And Andrew will yell, go ninja, go ninja, go, no matter where else he is in the tournament.
0: It would be (laughs) worth it for you to take that. Just so every time, every now and again you shout, ninja rat, and I go, 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 from across the room. (laughs) Or we get stupid and they they pair us together for our first game. And it's like, well, it's like playing at the shop. (laughs) Yeah,
1: right. Oh, man. I just don't want anybody to yell, wah. That's still, the ninja rat thing will be infinitely less annoying than orc players yelling wah at the top of their lungs.
0: Yeah, as, as a greenskins player... Uh, to my fellow greenskin players nobody likes it when you shout wah it's not Don't funny it's not entertaining like just go i will declare my wah now
1: <laughs> oh man
0: cuz you are you are not nearly as funny or cool as you think you are when you <laughs> shout wah unless you are an 8 foot tall green cockney person
1: you know what if you are dressed as an orc and you do it whatever Yes, More
0: you're power allowed, to you. if you 100% commit to the bit and you come in with a green foam latex muscle suit and big fake tusks in your mask and wearing a top knot, then you're allowed to shout wah.
1: Right, but you also have to have a squig.
0: You have to have a squig. You have to have a squig. It, you, it could be a dog wearing a funny costume. It could be a stuffed pet squig. It doesn't matter.
1: Preferably a hair squig.
0: <laughs> well, all, all hair on orcs is hair squig. It's a so. squig, which
1: I love. I love that just stu- stupid bit of fluff time. Orcs don't have hair, they have squigs that have tails.
0: Yep, and they just let them yes. bite onto their scalp, and that's their hair.
1: Oh, man, orcs are so funny.
0: That's why I love them, my dumb green little mushroom men. <laughs> I Speaking do enjoy of, I actually uh, kind of super reeling back to hobby progress, I guess, or what this would go. Mm-hmm. Small book review. I finished uh, Brutal Cunning by Mike Brooks today. Oh, how was that? Uh, very fun. It's definitely... Leans a lot more into, like, the Warhammer Battles kind of books. Shocking, okay. considering it's yeah. mostly about orcs. Uh, basic premise, uh, big mech war boss uh, is deciding, hey, time to uh, launch a wall across the galaxy. Where can we find some really good loot? Oh, uh, probably this world that's made out of metal. Also I swear to God me-
1: if you say Armageddon, No, 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 no. no.
0: Uh, This world that's like covered in metal, also known as a mechanicus world, and so it's just uh, honestly the the main the author's like orc OC uh, slowly becoming better across the book and being like I got myself a big gun now, I got myself a big hammer now, oh I got myself a pet squig now, and just sort of escalating from there until he's borderline war boss status at the end. But uh, it was very fun. Uh, It's probably the best book about orcs I've read in Warhammer 40k lore so far because um, it does a pretty good job of flip-flopping between orc perspective and the mechanicus that they're actually attacking um, and just the mechanicus completely underestimating them at all times because being the mechanicus they're very big yeah. on like, oh, the logical approach. Dogma says that orcs do X, Y, and Z and only that and then the orcs are like, huh we're not going to go that way. We're going to take the stupid way. And so they do. And the stupid way accidentally becomes the smart way because the, the stupid way doesn't have mines and like crossfire paths and missiles and stuff pointed at it. There's like, oh, we could go down this valley, but we could just climb this mountain instead. And then they do that. And then it's, the Mechanicus are like, fuck, we did not expect that at <laughs> all. We are getting completely destroyed.
1: Bamboozled.
0: And, yeah. And it's essentially that for an entire book. And it's great. Huh. All right. Yeah, very fun. So, uh, Brutal Cunning by Mike Brooks. Four waws out of five. Very fun. Um, <laughs> did, uh, did
1: you read the Yarick book? I haven't yet. Oh, it's good.
0: That's I'm, a young I'm Yarek, that right? That. That's pre-Armageddon?
1: No, it is Armageddon. It's uh, Second War for Armageddon when he ah. starts to become the hero of Hades Hive.
0: Okay, that might be my next read and then. It,
1: it actually, I guess light spoiler alert, it ends before he really becomes the hero of Hades Hive. Well, like, but, it cause, ends cause you in you know at the assault. Story. Yeah, because you know that story. But it's leading yeah. up to it. It's actually really good. Yeah, A young Commissar Yarek. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, 18-year-old Yarek <laughs> playing, playing sports ball and getting out of college. and <laughs> Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, now I gotta finish uh, Black Legion. I, I started that series and I'm on the second book, and then I paused okay. on it for a while and read Brutal Cunning. So I need to finish that one, and then once that one's done, I can get to the Yark book.
1: Well, there you go then.
0: So uh, uh, snuck in a book review there, very short <laughs> and very fast.
1: All right. Well, listeners, I believe that's all we've got for this evening. Uh, Andrew, you got a tool tip to leave us on?
0: Uh, no matter how pointy your tweezers
1: are, don't put, put them in your skin. Don't put your tweezers in your skin. And on that high level of orcish wisdom, we bid you all adieu, and thank you again for listening. Wa Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at DiceLikeIcePodcast at gmail.com, or find us on our Facebook or Instagram, also under Dice Like Ice Podcast. We would also like to give a big shout out to Scarlet Saturn for use of their music in our show.